Psalms chapter 20, verse 7 and 8. The psalmist uh, writes this, Some trust in chariots, others in horses, but we, God's people, trust the Lord our God. They are overwhelmed. Who's who's the they? The, The ones that don't trust God. They are overwhelmed and defeated. But we, the ones that trust God, notice, march forward and win. Hallelujah. But we march forward, but we march forward, but we march forward. Isn't it interesting that it's the month of March in 2019, that perhaps, maybe, don't want to be weird, hyper-spiritual, but perhaps maybe the month of March is not so much just a month of March, that perhaps maybe... God wants to communicate something to you and to us that, that, that we don't have to stay stuck any longer, that we can march forward and win. You see, it's the ones that are marching forward that are winning in life. And there's a lot of us that we feel stuck in our businesses. We feel stuck in our marriages. We feel stuck in our our relationships. We feel stuck in our finances. But notice that the the Bible gives us insight how to win in those areas. And, And this is how we win. We march. Hello. We march forward. We march forward in our marriages. We march forward in our real. We're not going to be stuck any longer. We're going to keep on moving. Come on, we're going to keep on going. We're not going to. We're going to not going to quit. We're not going to stop. We're going to. We're going to. We're going to move forward. We're going to march. I believe I've come with a word from heaven. I believe it's God speaking to you that this is a month that you're going to start winning in every area of your life. Because you're not going to stand still. You're not going to quit. You're not going to throw in the towel. You're going to march forward. Somebody shout march forward. And what I want to do today is give you Bible, lots of Bible, that's going to teach you exactly how to do that. I believe it's going to help us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your your word. It's a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. God, I thank you that you understand every situation that's in these um, buildings, at all of our campuses, God, where people feel stuck in life. And I thank you, Lord, that you have answers for us today in this moment as we are connected through technology, all hearing the same thing as a family of God, as a family of celebration. God, help us today. Help us to God, to get unstuck, to to advance forward so that we can win in every area. I pray that you give people ears to hear and eyes to see. God, in an attention span that's longer than two seconds, that God, even when we're going from chapter to chapter, verse to verse, that people people would have a laser-like focus that they would not allow the enemy to steal the truth that's going forth in this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Would you find somebody before you're seated and say, hey, you better pay attention. You better pay. This is one. You better pay attention. And then you can be you can be seated. There was a guy that went to a pet store desiring to buy a talking parrot, a talking bird. He was a lonely guy. He was a single guy, and he thought, well, maybe if I get me a talking bird, then, then I'll have some companionship. And uh, so he goes to the pet store, and the store owner uh, sells him this parrot that he assures him that he'll, he'll, he'll be a great companion and he'll talk. And so the guy takes the bird home, and a few days go by, and to his amazement, the bird does not utter a word. So he goes back to the the pet store, and the owner uh, hears about his dilemma and says, well, probably what the bird needs is the bird needs a swing, that maybe if the bird gets some exercise, uh, maybe the bird will feel good about himself, and he'll start talking. So the guy buys the swing, takes it home, and uh, a couple days goes by, and the parrot does not utter a word. So he goes back to the pet store, 
and tells the owner, and the owner says, well, maybe, maybe what he needs is uh, not a swing. Maybe he needs a ladder. He really needs some exercise. And maybe if he, you know, gets in a higher elevation, maybe that will cause him to want to speak. And so he buys the ladder. He takes it home. And a couple of days goes by, and the bird still does not utter a word. He goes back to the pet store and tells the owner, and the owner says, you know, probably the problem is, is he needs a mirror. Because if he can see himself and see how good-looking of a bird he is, is, his tongue will be unstuck, and he'll begin to talk. So he buys, he buys the mirror and takes it home, and you guessed it. A couple of days goes by, and the bird says nothing, does not utter a word. And then tragically, a couple more days goes by, and the bird dies. It just, the, 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 the bird dies. And so he goes back to the pet store with all the stuff, the cage and the ladder and the, all the stuff, the mirror and all that, and tells the, the owner of the store that the bird died. The, 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 the owner of the store, that was just such tragic news. Like, like really, how did the bird die? Are you, you sure the bird did not utter any words at all before he died? And, and the guy thought for a moment, he said, well, you know what? That, that bird did say something just before he died. He, he, he actually looked me in the eyes and, and said, do, do they sell any food at that pet store? That's funny. I don't care who you are. Now, for those that don't get it, uh, a bird has to have food in order to stay, in order to stay alive. Um, how many of you know it's important to know what matters most. It's important to know. I mean, a ladder's good, right? I mean, a mirror's cool, right? A swing is awesome, but, but, we, but we have to know what really matters most. And if I could only tell you one thing, the one thing that matters most to building your best life as a Christ follower, it, it would be this message uh, that I'm getting ready to share with you. And I've entitled this message, um, this title, It's More Than Just a Stick. It's more than just a stick. And it's my hope and my desire. Let me, let me say this before I get started because uh, I've been pastoring now and doing this for a lot of years, some 27 years. And I'm telling you, out of everything I've ever taught, if there was one thing that really matters, I've, had, I, listen, I've talked about a lot of mirrors talked about a lot of swings, talked about a lot of things, but I'm telling you that the most important thing is what I'm getting ready to share with you. It matters the most, especially if you're wanting to move forward in every area of your life and win. In Exodus chapter 14, uh, I'm hoping that most of us are familiar with this story. If, not, if you've never read it, hopefully you've saw the movie. Uh, but God... Um, calls on Moses to lead God's people out of 400 years of slavery. And um, Moses goes to Pharaoh, tells Pharaoh to let God's people go after the 10 plagues. Finally, Pharaoh uh, allows God's people to go. There's some 2 million people. The Bible's very clear that there's like 700,000 men. And then if you add the women and children, we've at least got 2 million, possibly 2.5 to 3 million people. And, and so here is Moses. They are they're, 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 they're marching their way out of, uh, of Egypt, out of slavery, and, and they're on their way to their promised land. And you remember the story. They come up to the edge of the Red Sea, and they stop because if they go forward, they're going to drown. And it's at that moment that they look behind them, and they see something coming after them. Pharaoh has changed his mind, and he wants his slaves back, and so... So, so their past is coming at them. Their past is chasing them. The bondage is chasing them. The, the pain of their past is chasing them. The harassment is coming after them. And what is behind them is about ready to destroy them. So if they go forward, they're going to drown and die. If they, if they stay here, Pharaoh is going to catch them, and, and, and they're going to be eaten for lunch. And then what's crazy is, is God's people who've just been delivered out of 400 years of slavery, they begin to complain and they begin to gripe and they tell Pastor Moses, like, you should have just left us alone. You should have left us in slavery. Uh, and, and, and the Bible says that now they want to kill, they want to kill Moses. And, and so 
So, so what's interesting in that moment, like, I'm stuck, God, I'm stuck, I can't go forward, I can't go backwards, the people I'm pastoring are about ready to kill me, I'm, I'm really stuck, and, and so he begins to cry out to God. He, he begins to pray, he, he cries out to God, and, and, and it's amazing because it's in that moment that he's crying out to God that God says, hey, quit bothering me, like, like Really? See, see, you don't believe that's in the Bible. Let, let me read it for you in Exodus chapter 14, verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Like, why are you bothering me? Uh, and then he says this, tell, God says this to Moses, tell the children of Israel to go forward. Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Um, I can just hear, I can just hear uh, Moses say, uh, excuse me, God, like I'm stuck. You, you, you're, you're wondering why I cry out to you. Uh, let, let me take a moment and explain it to you, Lord. Uh, if I go forward, we're going to drown. Uh, Pharaoh's army, they're coming after us and they're going to eat, eat us for lunch. And, and now got all these people I'm pastoring. They're, they're wanting to, to, to kill me. And so, and so I, I realize that it's all good in heaven. And you ain't got no evil up there and nothing's wrong up there, God. But, but I got a problem. I'm, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. And the reason why I, I'm crying out and the reason why I'm praying is, is I, I kind of thought that's what you do when, when you're stuck in life. Hello. Uh, but God's response to Moses is, Moses, go forward. God, God says the answer to where you're at is not more prayer. The answer to where you're at is not more crying out. The answer to where you're at is forward. Keep on moving. Keep on going. Moses, don't quit. Moses, don't Give up, and, and this is what I've come to speak at every campus today. I want to speak this into your life. God has something better than going back. It's called going, marching forward. Now, we all have a tendency to do what Moses is doing here, and that is, God, God, I'm, I'm stuck. I've got problems. I need you to do something about my, my issue, Lord. So Moses is crying out to God, trying to get God to do something. But isn't it interesting that God is trying to get Moses to do something? So, so many of us are waiting on, on, on God to do something. But the truth of the matter is God is looking for you to do something. It's, it's called going forward. So, so God says to Moses, stop crying out. Go forward, and I'm sure Moses is thinking, that's wonderful, Lord. Uh, again, I know you're in heaven. You don't know my situation. He goes through it all again. Uh, just exactly, Lord, how, how am I going to go forward in life? And then God reveals the answer to Moses, and God is revealing the answer to you today for every situation, every issue that you feel stuck in, this is the answer to where you're at, and I pray Dear God, don't miss what's getting ready to be released in this service. So God then reveals to Moses God's, God's, God's weapon of empowerment that moves you forward. Here it is in verse 16 of Exodus chapter 14. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand. Everybody say rod. Everybody say hand. Say rod. Say hand. Lift up your rod, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Now, we all know, we all watch the movie, right? Moses takes the rod. He lifts it up over the Red Sea. And the Bible says that the sea parted because he lifted up the rod. Now, now what is the rod? I, I brought one here for you so, so that you see just how ordinary it is, but how extraordinary God is going to make it. It's, 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 just, uh, it's just what Moses has found because the last 40 years of his life, he's been, he's been a shepherd and he's been tending the flock of his father-in-laws. And, and so it's just a, it's just a shepherding tool. It, it really is just, just a stick and he's been using it for the past 40 years. And, and now this is what God is going to use. Notice that, that, that Moses had something in his hand that made it possible for them to move forward. 
The, the waters of the Red Sea didn't divide until Moses raised up the rod over the Red Sea. It was, here, it was the rod that God used so that they could go forward and see their enemies utterly destroyed. Um, the, the empowerment, here it is, the empowerment for you to move forward in your finances, in your marriages, in your families, in every issue of life is a, is a rod in your hand. This is how God moved Moses forward. Uh, it was a rod in his hand, and this is exactly how God will move you forward if you want to go forward. If you're tired of being stuck and you want to win in life, it's going to require, I would submit to you, it's going to require a rod in your, in your hand. Without a rod in your hand, here at all the campuses, you will never live, you will never ever win in life. The way you're going to win, the way you're going to move forward is a rod in your hand. So how many of you would like to know what the rod is? Oh, dear Jesus, tell me quickly. Come quickly. Well, you're going to have to stay awake a little bit longer because before I tell you what it is, uh, let me tell you why you need one. Let me tell you why you need one. The first reason why you need one is the rod is the authority that releases God's supernatural ability. The, the, the rod, the stick, is, is, is the authority that releases God's supernatural ability. You, you remember when God shows up to Moses, uh, when he tells Moses, I'm going to use you to lead uh, my people out of slavery. Remember the burning bush in the movie? Remember, remember in the word, the burning bush? Yeah. And God shows up to Moses, and uh, he tells Moses at the age of 80, uh, uh, that, that, that I'm going to use you mightily and you're going to go to Pharaoh and 10 plagues and all that. And they're going to let the, so here's Moses's response to, to that experience that he had with, with God in the burning bush. Then Moses in Exodus four, verse one, then Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. God, you're asking me to do a lot. I'm going to go to Pharaoh. I'm going to go to the, the, the people of God. I'm going to tell them that I'm going to be their deliverer. Well, what if they say they, 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 they don't believe me, the Lord, the, 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 that you have appeared to me? In verse 2, so the Lord said to him, um, Moses, what is that in your hand? And he said, it's a, it, it's a stick, Lord. It's, it, it's a rod. And he said to Moses, cast it on the ground. And so he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent, become a snake. That's crazy stuff. He throws it on the ground and it becomes a snake. And Moses, uh, just like I would, Moses fled from it. He ran. How many of you would run from it too? It's like, yeah. And then something amazing happens. And the Lord said to Moses, reach out your, your hand and take it by the tail. Really, God? Really? You don't grab snakes by the tail if you're going to grab a snake. Come on, any of you used to go lizard hunting and snake hunting? You, you grab them behind the, the head. You, you don't, you're going to get bit if you grab. See, see, see here's what's interesting. The, the Bible's very clear in the book of Hebrews that, that Moses was eloquent of speech. He really was a tremendous communicator. But at some point in his life, the Bible says he became insecure and he, he began to stutter. And so, and so I, I think that this is when his stuttering problem happened. When, when God said, okay, Moses, pick that snake up by the tail, like, and, and from there on, he was a, you become a stutter. That's funny stuff right there. Come on in here. You might as well go ahead and enjoy this. Come on, don't make me do this all by myself. Come on, is anybody excited about Jesus? And so he said, reach out your hand, take it by the toe. And he reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. So it's, it's a stick, and then it's a snake, and there's a stick, and there's a snake. And then you, you catching the picture? Now, that, now, this is what God tells Moses next. He says, he says in verse 17, and you shall take this rod in your hand with which you shall do the signs. The, the, the Good News translation says, for with it you will perform miracles. You will perform miracles. See, see, the reason why you need this rod is because it's the authority that releases God's supernatural ability. Uh, I don't have time because I want to save time, and I did this in the, in the last service, but, but, 
I could take you and show you all 10 plagues that, that, that happened that caused Pharaoh to say, hey, get these people out of here. And Pharaoh let the God's people go. All 10 plagues like where the water was turned into blood and, and, and where, 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 where darkness covered all the land and where the, the frogs covered and all the, all the gnats and all the flies and all that crazy, all those signs, wonders, and miracles. Every single one of them happened at the authority of the rod. God would tell Moses, raise up your rod and command. And those signs, wonders, and miracles all took place at the authority of the rod. Why? Because the rod is the authority that releases God's supernatural ability. If you don't have a rod in your hand, you're not going to see God's supernatural ability in your life to fix what needs to be fixed. Why do you need a rod? Because it's the authority that releases signs, wonders, and miracles. Let let me say it like this. This rod is pregnant with miracles. This this rod is pregnant with breakthrough. This rod is pregnant with answers. This this rod can get you out of debt. This rod can can heal you of cancer and sickness. This this rod is pregnant with God's supernatural ability. That's why you got to get yourself a rod. You've got to get yourself a stick because it's pregnant with God's ability that can change your situations in life. So that's the first thing. Here's the second thing why you need a rod. The rod is a defense against the enemy's opposition. The rod, the stick, is a defense against the enemy's opposition. The the Bible says that the the thief, Satan himself, wants to come and kill, steal, and destroy. But this is what is your defense against the opposition, against the thief that's wanting to ruin your life. Let let me show you this in the story here in Exodus chapter 7. It's it's the big showdown. Uh, uh, Here, here, Moses and Aaron, they go to Pharaoh, and and they bring the ten plagues, and and they're telling Pharaoh, let God's people go. And it's a showdown between uh, Pharaoh and Moses. And we pick up the story in verse 8. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, when Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, show a miracle for yourself, then you shall say to Aaron, take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh and let it become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh, and they did so just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod, that's the rod of Moses, before Pharaoh and and before his servants, and it became a serpent. So again, it's a stick, it's a snake. It's a stick, it's a snake. It's a stick. I'm going to explain that in just a moment. But Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, so the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments. Now, please understand, lots of types and shadows today, but I'm trying to communicate a biblical truth. In the story here, Pharaoh is a type of Satan. The magicians here are a type of demons. And all they're doing is counterfeiting what God is doing. That's the way the enemy always works. He cannot create, so he counterfeits what God is always doing. The devil doesn't show up to you with a pitchfork and a cape. He, he, he knows you're way too smart for that. The Bible says that when he comes into your life, he comes as an angel of light. So if you don't know the Bible, you'll think the enemy can sometimes be God himself. That's the reason why you've got to know the word, because he's always looking to counterfeit what God is doing. And that's exactly what's going on. God's got the supernatural power, and he's counterfeiting that power. Now, notice verse 12, though. Here's what you got to hear, because I'm saying the reason why you got to have one of these is it's not only pregnant with the supernatural power of God, but it's your defense against the opposition that's trying to s- destroy your life. And verse, verse 12 says, For every man threw down his rod, and they became serpents also. But Aaron's, which is Moses' rod, swallowed up their rods. No, you didn't get it. And, and, and Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. This, Moses' rod swallowed up the enemies. The, the enemy, notice Moses, notice Moses' rod had authority over the enemy's rods. I wonder what that looked like because that means all of their rods would have had to line up one by one, submitting to the authority of Almighty God to be devoured by the rod 
I don't care what the enemy is throwing at you. I'm here to tell you the rod in your hand can swallow up everything that's trying to destroy your life. Why do you need a rod? Because it is your defense against the enemy's opposition. The enemy's trying to destroy your life. And this is your defense against it. So Moses' rod swallowed up the enemy's rod. You know what? Pharaoh didn't fear, uh, didn't fear Moses. He feared the rod. Imagine Moses standing before Pharaoh without a stick, with, without a rod. He would have been vulnerable. He would have been helpless. He would have been powerless in the battle of life. And the reason why I say that, because I believe that is a clear picture of a believer without a rod. A believer without a rod is doomed in the battle of life. You, you cannot live, you can, let me say, you cannot win in life without a rod. The enemy's not afraid of you. Are you kidding? But he is afraid of a rod in your hand. Moses didn't rely upon protocol and pedigree and liturgy, though he had it all. Moses didn't rely on his smarts, his education, and his reasoning, though he was a very wise individual. Moses didn't trust in his ability and his wisdom. You know what Moses trusted in? The rod in his hand. Listen, the rod in your hand is God's empowerment that moves you forward. Why is it God's empowerment that moves you forward? Because it's pregnant with miracles that can make a way where there seems to be no way. Well, why is this? Why is the rod the empowerment to move forward? Because it is your defense over the enemy that's wanting to eat your lunch and destroy your life. Are you listening to me? That's why you need a rod. So what is the rod? We've come to this moment to figure out what, what, what is. I need, I need to get me a rod. What is the rod? Well, the rod is more than a stick. It's more than a shepherding tool. In fact, in Exodus chapter 4, verse 19, we begin to see a picture of this. It says, Now the Lord said to Moses and Midian, Go return to Egypt, for all the men who sought your life are dead. Then Moses took his wife and his sons and set them on a donkey, and he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses, notice this, and Moses took the rod of God in his, his hand. That's interesting because for the last 40 years, this has been the rod of Moses. But now the rod of Moses, according to the Bible, has now become the rod of God in Moses' hand. You didn't hear me. It's no longer Moses' rod, but now that, that, that stick, it's more, I'm telling you, it's more than a stick. The, 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 the stick in Moses' hand, the rod in Moses' hand has now become officially the rod of God in Moses' hand. Why is that important? Because the Bible goes on to tell us, because it's, a, it's types and shadows. You're going to see this picture throughout the Bible. Do you know the Bible has a whole lot to say about the rod of God? Do you know the, the Bible says that, that Jesus is the rod? So not only is, 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 is the rod the rod of God, but, but, but Jesus is called the rod in scriptures. Let me show you in Isaiah chapter 11. This is prophecies that were prophesied about the coming Messiah thousands of years before Jesus ever came to the earth. And notice that, 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 that they don't call him Jesus. They call Jesus a rod. Notice there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. That's David's dad. So it's coming from Jesse's family tree. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Him. It's, it's not a stick now. It's, it's, a, it's a him. So, so, so what is this rod? It's not just a shepherding tool. It's not just a stick. It is the rod of God. But it's not just the rod of God. But according to the Bible, that the rod, oh, Jesus, the rod is Jesus himself. Jesus is going to come. The rod is going to come and he's going to save all of humanity of their, of their, of their sin. In fact, 
We don't have time to go. If we was teaching this in the class, we'd go, we'd go over to Romans 15 because Romans 15, Paul, Paul quotes from Isaiah 11 and spends the whole chapter explaining that the rod is Jesus himself. So, so the rod is not just a stick. The rod is not just a shepherding tool that he used for 40 years. It has now become the rod of God, but it's not just the rod of God. The rod is Jesus. It's a picture of Jesus himself. But, but we don't stop there because, because the Bible is very clear that, that it's, it's not just a picture of Jesus, but it's a picture of his redemptive work. Are you with me? Come on, tap your neighbor. Say, it's time to stay focused. And all of our candles, I'm almost done, but I'm getting somewhere. We're getting really close. Come on, I'm going to send you home with a rod today. It's not only the rod of God. It's not only Jesus, but it actually, the rod is a picture of the redemptive work of Jesus. What do you mean? What do you mean, preacher? The, 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 the rod is a stick. The stick represents the cross. The stick represents the cross. And when you throw it down... And it becomes a snake. The snake represents the curse. It, it is a picture of Jesus dying on the cross for your sin. In the Bible, snakes are a type of sin. It's a type of the curse. Mm. We, we see this picture in the Bible. Remember, remember when Moses is leading God's people uh, to the promised land and they get so far out there and God's feeding them manna every day and some two million people start to gripe and complain. Like, we're tired, God, we want meatloaf. We're tired of this manna stuff. And, and what's crazy is they're in the wilderness and in the desert and there's snakes everywhere, but God has been protecting them from the poisonous snakes until they start complaining. Hello, somebody. They start griping, they start complaining, and guess what happens? The protection that's holding the poisonous snakes back, all of a sudden the snakes begin to bite the people, and the people begin to die. And Moses begins to pray, God, what do you want me to do? And you know what God tells Moses to do? Uh, get that stick and put a brazen serpent on it and lift it up, and every person that looks at it, that fixes their eyes on it to get help, will be healed of their snake bites. It's a, it's a picture, it's a picture, it's a picture of Jesus dying on the cross. It's a stick for the cross. It's a snake for the curse. That's the reason why the Bible says in the New Testament, John says, in the same way that Moses lifted up the pole in the wilderness is the same way that Christ will be lifted up upon the cross. That's always bothered me. I always thought, no, not a snake, not a snake, Lord. Why not a dove? Put, put, put the dove on the cross. But Jesus didn't die as your dove. He died as your sin. He died in your judgment. He died a curse. He became sin who knew no sin so that you might become, come on, somebody, that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So, so. So the rod is no longer just a shepherding tool that Moses has used for 40 years. This rod is the rod of God, but it's not just the rod of God. It's, it's, it's a picture of Jesus in the redemptive work that he did for all of humanity. But, but we can't stop there because the Bible has more to say about the rod because the Bible says in 1 John 1, 1 and 3, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God, and He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. And verse 14 says, And the Word, Christ, became flesh and lived among us. Well, that's interesting because now verse 14 tells us that the Word is none other than Jesus. Therefore, the rod is not just Jesus, but now the rod is a picture of the word. Come on, are you following me? I'm going to have to go back. I'm, it, it, it started out as a shepherding tool. It started out as just a stick. But then God took it over and said, no, that's my rod. And with that rod, you're going to move forward because in that rod is pregnant with the signs, wonders, and miracles. And, 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 and it has everything you need to, 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 to deal with what the enemy is throwing at you and your family because it's the rod of God. But it's not just the rod of God because the rod's going to come and he's going to die up on a cross. He's, he's going to become your sin, your curse, your snake, so that you could be free and become righteous. But, but, but it's not just a picture of Jesus because 
before Jesus was, before Jesus came in, in his human body, he was, he, was, he was the Word. That actually is Jesus' name, the Word. Before he was Jesus, he was the Word. So, so now this rod is not just the redemptive picture of Jesus. This rod is a picture of the Word of God. It's not, not just a stick. It's not just a stick. It's a picture of the Word oh, Jesus. It's, it's a picture of the Word of God. So it's the Word of God. So, so let me, it's, it's, it's not this anymore. It's this. It, it's this. In, it's, it's this. It's, 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 it's not just a stick. It's not just a stick. It's, it's, it's the Word of God. It's, it's, it's the Word of God that moves you forward. It's the Word of God that's pregnant with the supernatural ability of Almighty God. It's the Word of God that can deal, all, deal with all that hell is throwing at your life. It's, it's the Word of God. Now, we've worked really hard to get to this point. I'm tired. But that is not what I've come to tell you. It's all That's all free of charge. God bless you. You're dismissed. You've just been to Bible school is all you've been. This is what I've come to tell you because this is the big disconnect. This is, this, this, this is where the problem lies because for the rod to work, the, the rod's got to be in your hand. You see, you see, it's all types and shadows. And anytime you find a top type and a shallow shadow in the Bible, it's like a scarlet thread. It'll be everywhere from Genesis to Revelation. I'll show you that in just a minute. But 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 remember when God shows up to Moses, we're we're almost done. When God shows up to Moses, he says, Come on, Fresno. He says, uh, take this rod in your hand, with it you will perform miracles. So 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 it's not enough just to have the word. It's not enough just to have the word in your iPhones and your iPads and Androids. I'm sorry. It's not enough to have the word in book form. It's not enough to have the word of God memorized. It's not enough to have the word in sermon. That's like we're all doing this morning. Thank you for being here, but this, this isn't enough. Because here lies the frustration of so many people. They're saying, why isn't the word of God working? God promises so much, but I never see it in my life. Because it's not enough just to have the promise of God's Word. The Word of God has to get in your, your hand. It's not enough just to have it. It's got it's to be a, a working tool. You're not hearing me. It's a working tool. Well, what are you saying, preacher? It, it's it, it's, it's got to become your lifestyle. It's got to become your habits. It's got to become what you work. It's got to become what you do. It's got to become your actions. Isn't it, isn't it amazing how we all, we all can tell other people what to do concerning the Word of God? Can I be honest with you? It's really easy to get up here Sunday after Sunday and preach the Word, but it's a whole other thing to live the Word. It's a whole nother thing to have the behavior of the word. It's a whole nother thing to put the word of God in my hand and have actions where everything in my life is, is mimicking the word. Don't look at me that way. We all struggle with it. The Bible says, love your wife as Christ loves the church. Oh, dear Jesus. That's easy to preach. It's easy to counsel some other marriage. It's a whole nother animal to go home and love her. Oh, don't look at me like that. Especially when she's nagging. It's, it's hard, God. Fresno. Clovis is... Clovis has left the building. <laughs> the Bible says, women, you are to honor and respect your husbands. How many of you know? Oh, Jesus, that is so hard, especially when they don't deserve my respect. But the Bible says, don't wait till they deserve your respect. It says, take that word out of your head. Take that word out of you and put it into an action and start treating him like he. See, see, you don't like that. Then. Little golf clap, little golf clap. Yes. And this is a disconnect. We're wondering why. We're wondering why we can't go forward. We're stuck, Lord. If I go forward, I'm going to drown. They're coming after me. Everybody wants to kill God. How do I go forward? And God is saying, why are you praying? Why are you bothering me? Put the word of God in your hand and it will, 
and it will oh come on it, it'll it'll move you forward march is a month that we start winning. How do we start winning? We get the word in our actions. James, the brother of Jesus. Go read the book of James. Do you know what James talks about? How many of you believe that James would probably know a little bit about Jesus? Do you know what the subject matter that James talks about? Don't be a hearer only of the word, deceiving yourself. Don't just come to church Sunday after Sunday and hear the Bible and read the Bible and not do the Bible because you're just going to deceive yourself. He says this. He said, but be a doer of the word. It's only the doers of the words, he said, are blessed. You remember Moses? You remember? Y'all tired? You ready to go home? We're done. Remember Moses? He's the one that started this whole thing off, right? Well, what did, what did Moses say? He said in Deuteronomy chapter 28 that the Lord blesses what you set your, your hands to do. We're full of the word. We got word in our head and we got word in our heart and we got word on the coffee table. And we got word in the book and we got word on our iPhones. But the word, if it's not in our hands, if it's not in our lifestyle, if it's not in our actions, it will not, listen, it will not move your life forward. It's got to be in your hand to produce the supernatural miracles that God has for you. It has to be in your hand that becomes the defense of the opposition that's coming against you. I, I would challenge you. Read your Bible, and everywhere you see the rod of God, it's everywhere because that's how God works. It's called types and shadows. You'll start seeing it everywhere. Every time you see the Word of God or the rod of God in somebody's hand, it is a picture. It is a picture. It's not just a stick. It's more. That's my title. It's more. It's not just a stick. Every time you see the rod in the Bible, you can replace it with this statement right here. It is the Word of God in action. From Genesis to Revelation, every time the rod is mentioned, it is the Word of God in your hand. It is the Word of God in action. Did, did you know did, did you know the very first thing that God does with Moses once they cross over the Red Sea? And here comes Pharaoh. They, 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 they were stuck, and God made a way for them to cross over. Why? Because the rod was pregnant with the supernatural. So, so they all go across some two million people. And then God tells Moses, oh, Moses, by the way, uh, uh, take that rod. Take that rod. Take that rod in your hand and command the Red Sea to close. And the Red Sea closed, and it destroyed all of their enemies. And the Bible said they seen them no more. How many of you would like to see your enemies destroyed where you see them? It happened because of the rod in Moses. You know, it's only a couple days later they come to they come to the bitter waters of Mara. You're, you remember the story, right? And the people start complaining again. And Moses says, God, what am I going to do? And God opens Moses' eyes and he sees a tree over there. And if you look at the Hebrew language, Moses actually goes over the tree and he cuts off a rod or a branch and he takes that branch and throws it in the bitter, poisonous waters. And the Bible says the water became sweet. It became drinkable water. Well, what was it saying? A rod in your hand. Church, listen. A rod in your hand can turn bitter things sweet in your life. It, it was the, it's the rod of God in action. Can I, can I just give you a couple more just to prove my point? I could, I could, I could go all day. I could go. You remember the, the battle at Rephidim? You probably don't remember that, but Joshua is fighting the battle and against the Amaleks. And, and, and here's where you'll remember the story because you watched the movie. And, 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 and the Bible says that, that, that Aaron and Ur uh, would hold up Moses' hands. And as long as hand, Moses' hands were raised, they were winning the battle. And as soon as they put Moses' hands down, they would begin to lose the battle. Moses became very tired. They, they set Moses on a rock, and they just held his hands up all day. And the Bible says as long as his hands were raised, they won the battle. They won the victory. But, but if you read that story a little closer, you'll find out that there was a rod in Moses. He wasn't, wasn't just 
He wasn't like this. He was, had a rod in his, his hand. The Shunammite woman, remember, she has a son. The son dies. It was a promised child. She couldn't have children, but Elisha prophesied a child, and now she has a son. He's like seven or eight years of age, and he dies. And the Bible says she goes to Elisha, and Elisha comes to her house. And Elisha goes to the upstairs and lays on the child, lays on the body of the child. And the Bible says that the body became warm. And then Elisha gets up and begins to pray throughout the house. And then he comes back up into the room and lays on the child again. And the Bible says the child sneezed seven times and came back to life. But, but, but if you go read that story again, you'll find out that the first thing that Moses or Elisha does is he, raised, he, he lays his rod on the child's forehead. It's all through. The, it, the rod of God is the word of God in action. David, David, how many remember the story of David and the giant? Slingshot, stones. Remember, we think David killed the giant with the stones and he had a stone. But if you read the story more closely, he had rocks in this hand and a rod in this hand. The disciples of Jesus, I'm parking. Here we go, guys. I'm parking. He sends his disciples out two by two. He says, I don't want you to take money. I don't want you taking any food. I don't want you to take any bags, no knapsacks, except the only thing I want you to take on your journey is a rod, a staff. And he sends them out and they go, they do, they do go do ministry and they come back and they're so excited because God is working through them. Demons are obeying them. And Jesus looks at the disciples and says, Hey, did you guys lack anything in your life? When I sent you out, when I sent you out there with just a rod, they had no money. They had no food. All they had was a rod. And they looked at Jesus and they said, Oh God, we lack nothing. You don't need a job. You need a rod to work your job. Are you listening to me? They didn't lack it. I'm telling you, a rod in your hand can, can lack proof your life. Uh, I'm going to prove that I'm done. Stand to your feet there in Fresno here, here in Clovis. Did, did I wear you out yet? So, so let, let me just stop. With, I could go all day. Let me stop with this one. Let me stop with this one. The psalmist said it this way in Psalms 23. We all know the, the psalm, right? The Lord is my shepherd, right? Uh, in fact, can, can we maybe read that together? Because maybe that's, that's kind of how I'd like to conclude this message today because I think it kind of proves the point. The psalmist says, here, here, here's really the key to, to, to life. It's, it's not about the ladder and it's not about the swing. It's not about the mirror. There, there's, there's really one thing that matters. And, and so let's read. I believe it's on the screens there, guys, that we put it up. We all know this. The Lord is my shepherd. You're not reading it with me. Ready? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Come on, louder. Verse 4, real loud now. What? What? Wait a minute. You got to be kidding me. What? Hear it today. You don't have to fear any evil. Why? Because God has put a rod. He's put his word in your hand. You don't have to fear. Listen, you don't have to fear cancer. You don't have to fear sickness or disease. You don't have to fear your kids running off doing the wrong thing. I'm here to tell you, you have a rod. You have the word of God. And if you'll put it in your hand, come on, come on. If you'll get it in your hand, your days of fearing are absolutely over. I hope you heard it. Fresno Clovis, thy rod and thy staff shall comfort me. You know, God took something very ordinary and he made it extraordinary. I think at times we've taken something very extraordinary and made it ordinary. 
Come on, you clap better than that. Come on. I want to hear you all the way in Fresno. So, 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 so I, one more statement. My favorite statements of, of preaching through 27 years is this, because it changed my life forever, even as a churchgoer. If you'll work the word, the word of God will work for you. Father, I thank you for your truth today. Thank you for your word. God, I know I'm on borrowed time. They've been so patient at all of our campuses. And God, I just pray in this moment, God, whatever adjustments we need to make, that God, we begin to make them. God, for myself, I know, God, as I was, as you was dealing with me about this, how much of the time it's easy to preach. It's a whole nother thing to do. But God, I pray that this would become our marching orders, that, that God, it is possible to win as we move forward and that you have not left us without the weapon to move forward. So God, we take the extraordinary word of Almighty God that's pregnant with the supernatural ability and we begin to work it. Thank you for reminding us, Lord. Thank you for reminding us of this truth. God, we don't want to be like Moses and try to, to just, just cry out to you for the rest of our life, feeling stuck and thinking prayer is just going to fix it all. Or if I just get the pastor to, to pray for me, God, that, that you truly have given each and every person a weapon that we can move forward. God, I pray that you would seal this word in the hearts of your people. And may we apply it as we march forward in the month of March of 2019, as eyes are closed, heads are bowed. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, or maybe at one time you did, but you just, just have not been living for him. I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to pray a prayer. The Bible says, all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Um, in the message, we talked about Jesus died upon a cross. He took the he became sin, humanity's sin. He took the curse uh, for all those that would receive that redemptive work. And, and if you've never done that, the Bible is very clear, very simple. All you got to do is just say, Lord, I surrender my life and I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, that he took my sin penalty and now he offers me the righteousness of Almighty God. If that's you today, I want to lead you in this prayer. The only thing you have to do is mean it with all your guts and you shall be saved. I'm going to ask everybody here in Fresno, uh, there in Fresno, here in Clovis, Madeira, let's pray this prayer. All the family of celebration, pray this prayer with those that may be praying this for the first time or the hundredth time. Please, nobody leaving it in all of our campuses as we wrap this up. Say this, say this, say, Father God, today I surrender my life to Jesus Christ. Father, forgive me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I feel that, man. I sense that. I sense people are making that adjustment right there. I sense that in Fresno and here in Clovis and Madeira. Say it again. Jesus, I surrender my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. And with your help from this day forward, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give it up. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.